Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions which is probably sponsored by Rising Sun Brewery here in Cork. I suppose this is the perfect time to bring on these two lads really. Um, I'm a big fan of Dunk as you all know lads. We've, it's played a big part in the show over the last 10 months since I took it over back in February. And what a fitting way to probably do my last show of the year. Down with two guys from Dunk here I have Luke and Wout Levens both basically started and ran Dunk Records, Dunk Pressing, Dunk Festival, the whole lot. Guys, thanks so much for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. No worries, all. It's an absolute pleasure for me, as I said in the intro there. Jesus, you're such a big part of my musical journey over the last eight or ten years, the stuff that you've been releasing since I found Dunk. There's been no going back, you know. I was going through the stuff today of 20, I've done 20 podcasts myself, right? And I've had ranges, I've had Turpentine Valley, Astadan, Coastlands, We Lost the Sea, who are all on your roster, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I went and saw who actually played at Dunk. And then I also had Cole Bones, Outlander, Telepathy, Bruy, uh, Joe Quail, God is an astronaut, Wear Mermaid's Drone, and Silent Will. So, I mean, you've basically written my show for the last 10 months. <laughs> It's been incredible. Yeah. So a big thank you, Lance, for you for coming on anyway and taking this time out. So look, I, as I said to you earlier, I don't know how we're actually going to cover everything because there's so much involved in Dunk. So maybe in chronological order, we'll sort of start from the beginning and maybe work our way through jumping between the pressing plant, Dunk Festival and, and everything in between. Sound good? So, so look, what was the catalyst that, that got you to kick off Dunk and how, how it became what it is today? Where did it start? It started in um, 2005. Um, it began in uh, Basket. Uh, oh, um, benefit. In benefit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We thought we gonna we would earn money with it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen too quickly, did it? Yeah, that was the point. Um, <laughs> and the first edition was a very small with uh, three bands. That's right. Yeah. And was a Boston player uh, playing music. Um, but from the second edition already, we went uh, a little bit professional, uh, mm -hmm. more professional, and um, we already had some post-rock bands. Okay. Um, okay. It started very quickly in that direction. And Yeah. It wasn't a conscious decision to, to do post-music from the start. Was Donk always going to be I didn't know uh, what voice uh, no. music was. Okay. Just uh, liked the instrumental music. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was actually the part of it. I um, guess your your own pace was the the, the goal. Just okay. You yeah. Follow that. You followed your taste in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still the pace, right? I, st I still do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're still influencing both, are you? In your musical tastes. Are we influencing both. <laughs> that works both ways. Brilliant. And again, the, the the name Dunk Records and Dunk Festival and the Dunk label. Am I right in saying that came from a show you did? Was it that that three band show that you did possibly? Yeah. For was it a basketball team, yeah. local basketball team? That, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's all true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first thing was it Dunk Dunk Rock. It's not. It's not a myth. <laughs> Brilliant. And tell me, how many attended that first show? When when you talk about three bands. Oh, about 100 people. Yeah, was it that much? Nine, 99. Yeah. Mm. That was good. That was a good turnout, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. It was good. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I suppose that's what gave you the interest, so, didn't it? And gave you the, 
the taste of more, I suppose. It were it were all local bands, mm. local bands. Then you have people, uh, you have more audience with local mm-hmm. bands and with uh, better bands from the country also. Yeah. And what were you involved? Like Luke was at this early stage. I was actually uh, the first band on that lineup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was pretty much involved, yeah. <laughs> okay, what type of band were you uh, oh, at, the, at the time? Yeah, think, uh, think rock, uh, instrumental, no, but uh, not at all. Oh. Sure. <laughs> okay, so I was, it, was instru- uh, it was instrumental anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah that oh. was the case, yeah. How old was I? Uh, 16 or something, yeah. Jeez. And then, he, and then I got. He was he was easily influenced. So um, Luke at that age was he? Yeah, <laughs> musically. <laughs> Obviously, that was the first taste of it all. Then back in two thousand and five, what happened between we'll say two thousand and five and two thousand and ten? Like it was because it wasn't until eleven that Dunk Records was officially founded, which we'll get to after. So even after that one three band thing you did, what happened after that? A couple of years that followed. The plan. The plan was to. Um grow with first edition local bands second edition uh bands from all of mm-hmm. something like that the second the third edition was done with the uh, belgian bands and okay. international but already mm-hmm. but the third edition was already a Belgian. band so all right okay it went a little bit quicker than we expected and again numbers wise had you were you planning on just growing it every year number increasing as you went or was were you happy with the one or two hundred people that were attending already? Um, we were not happy with it, but uh, it was a fact. Mm. So it was. We had mm. one, no more than three hundred people at uh, the first five edition. Mm-hmm. Well, I think our, our goal was mostly to offer as much good music as possible. Yeah. Of course, it comes with a, a bigger audience and a, a bigger venue and. So you automatically grow a little bit every year. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. us, the adventure was more about offering something that uh, yeah. we never really, uh, the size is just uh, something that comes with it uh, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even at that early stage, were, was there thoughts in place for Dunk Records for, for setting up something? Or did that, was, I, I know it hadn't happened, but was it in, in the back of your minds? Actually, yeah, but pretty much in the back of our minds because um, the start of the label was basically like a, a joke, actually. Okay. Kukum uh, asked us if we, uh, we could be uh, Dunk Records, and I'm not sure if they were serious about it, but I took it like that, and I said, yeah, great idea, let's do it. Uh, okay, that was it. Went from one day to another, yeah. <laughs> and again, as you mentioned, the band like Okoma, an incredible band, like uh, obviously a great start mm-hmm. for Dunk Records to have them on board. Like, yeah, that was uh, actually a no-brainer. So, yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, with the audience we already had from the festival, we didn't really have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already knew how to reach a certain audience. Uh, and then we had this great opportunity to have Kokomo as a first band, so yeah, it was a, a lot of fun from the beginning. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, how does a band like, like were Kokomo a big enough band at that time? Like, were they well known? Big enough. I know. <laughs> it was a perfect match <laughs> as a reputation wise. Uh, okay. I think we, we grew together uh, steadily. Yeah. Yep. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. And that was 2011, right? And and uh, as you said, Kokomo were on the, on the list. Did many bands follow then? 
once they heard Kokomo were on your roster? Yeah, I had a small list in the beginning of bands I would, I wanted to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Actually, I never had the opportunity to do it because they reached out to us or there was just so many interests. Uh, it was actually very comfortable. Uh, we just had to see who, who was coming in and have a listen and work with the bands that were most uh, fitting to our roster yeah. what we had in mind. So that was actually a great start. Man. Wow. And and look, at that time as well, like were you involved in, in sourcing bands as well, or was it a case of that was Walter's job, Walter's job? Walter uh, did the label. I did, I did the festival. I, we both did the festival, but uh, um, um, he was uh, he was responsible for the label. <laughs> okay. Back in twenty eleven, you didn't obviously press your own stuff at that stage, so mm-hmm. did you? No, you, you no pressing. Well, we, we pressed uh, at that time, the first albums were pressed in Germany. Summer. Okay. And okay. Then we later on, we moved to uh, GZ, the Czech Republic. Um, and uh, then in 2018, we started pressing How many bands did you think you had around 2011? So I know, as you said, Kokomo were the first band, but how many more had joined the roster back then? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Are, are you talking maybe more than 10, less than 10? At that time, it would be uh, more than 10, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in six years, yeah. It would be more than 10. Uh, now we're uh, we're at 50 or something, 50. Oh, a bit more than 50, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what it's become now is, is it's huge now. Like, it's a name that's known the post scene twice over, you know, it's incredible. Like, but it's interesting to see how it grew, you know, because it literally came from nothing. It's just a two of you having an idea mm-hmm. and just t- and just carrying it yourselves. Yeah, I, I think a big um, uh, what made us as we are now is I think just being stubborn and do simply do what we like, not yeah. what we people will like, and just about having fun. The festival has always been run by volunteers entirely. Yeah. Except of course the, the technical uh, professionals, uh, but the huge team uh, just having fun, and that, yeah, it's very important. It does make a difference, doesn't it? If 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 you've a love for something, it's going to work. If if it's just sort of a, a for profit hmm. business venture, it's just there's, there's there's going to be no heart inside it, you know. Right, it's it's a certain vibe uh, we, we like to create, and we're not in this for the money because it's not possible uh, at all. But um. For mm. example, uh, free coffee is something that I think uh, has a big part in this uh, reputation. Yeah. <laughs> Just a thing like that. I mean, right. yeah. But what, that, it, that's actually what convinced uh, 65 Days of Static to, yeah. to join the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. What was the reason? The coffee. Free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Just that easy. It's that easy, is it, to get a band? The gesture that we offer our audience free coffee was for them was like. Uh, Oh, that's uh, that's nice. Uh, maybe it's <laughs> a nice festival. Uh, know that. Yeah. Well, again, without even getting to the festival yet, like it is something that was special about coming to Dunk because it was so friendly and it was so relaxed. You know, like you mentioned the coffee mm-hmm. at the time when when I went to the first one in twenty seventeen, I couldn't get over the fact that you're paying only was it one hundred and twenty euros for a weekend ticket, mm-hmm. and you had bread, coffees out on the table all weekend long for everybody who wanted it you know it's something truly unique like mm-hmm. 
everybody must come back to you and say, how, how, how do you manage to do this? Right. You know, put all this in front of everybody to use and to have. We know it's not a profit organization. You're not out to make profit, but but still, you don't want to be losing money either at the same time. That's no, but we discuss those things every year, actually. And uh, mm. in the end, it turns out that it's not fun for the audience to have to pay for uh, breakfast or coffee or even you enter the festival, you have to pay for parking, you have to pay for camp. Mm. It's not fun for the visitors. It's mm. work for us. Mm. You need to fence off the entire area. We need yeah. to pay for the fences. We need people to take care of all that. So it, logistically, it's it's uh, more work and it's not fun for anyone. It's mm. so more cost, actually. So the pros and, and cons were... Yeah. Uh, I suppose, Luke, the way you looked at it, like you seem to have went about this festival through the eyes of the person attending the festival, yeah. knowing what they want. Of course. You know, as opposed but, uh, to... Uh, of course, I, I I don't like that you have to pay for everything when you go mm. to a festival. And But on the other hand, we had to offer camping, we had to offer parking because, because there was nothing in the mm. There's no hotel, no BMB. There's nothing. Yeah, we we, we couldn't do it uh, another way. Mm-hmm. We had to offer a breakfast. There was only okay. one shop in in, uh, in the small village where we are working. That's right. That's so, right. And it was closed on the first day, <laughs> <laughs> which we found out as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose I understand it from that side of it, so I can see why. Yeah. It was almost, well, not a necessity, but it was a big part of it. Your reasoning behind it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and free coffee and so, and uh, the water we, we offer, we don't like uh, people that are getting drunk. Yeah. So that, that's why we offer also a, a breakfast. <laughs> that's what it was. You start to drink and you don't, you don't have <laughs> something uh, eaten. Yeah. You want you want the people to last till the very last band, yeah. <laughs> That's life experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, we've we've a lot to learn there. So that twenty fourteen so was when this new fresh start, as you made this festival, a, a big deal. Basically, like how many people had to come on board to make this happen? The you mean the move? Yeah, the whole thing. Uh, like the move. This was just a festival, wasn't it? Twenty fourteen was when you decided. Yeah, Zotagem at the forest in that venue, that was the place to be. No, yeah, there was not enough uh, audience the first year when in 2014, when we had a loss. Uh, from as well. uh, 13 was a big loss. <laughs> um, okay. From 2015, better. Uh, okay. From that time, there were a, a couple of years we, we ran uh, Breaky. Okay, so there was a loss initially, two years easily. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough to take. Would it have put you off, not carrying on? We never, I think, I think we never thought about moving. No. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same story this, this year. Once again, we have a big loss. No, but we, we have to solve this problem. And we go on. You had a loss this year, 2022? Was it? Okay, we'll get to that after, so when, when we get up to 2022, but I'd be interested to hear that. Right. <laughs> so, so, I suppose 2017 is a, bit, is a big year for me because it was my first Dunk Festival. I had looked at the rosters in the previous years and I said to myself, have to go there, have to experience this. And 
it is like I've, I've said this so many times over these shows here these last 20 podcasts it's something special the Dunk Festival and, and every band that I've interviewed <laughs> who've all been there have all said the same thing that you know you're so welcoming everyone's friendly everybody's there to offer a help in hand and they don't see it anywhere else any other venues any other festivals you know you you fucking land get your shit off go and that's it but mm -hmm. Dunk is unique like again was that all done on purpose did you mean to do all that do you want people to feel welcome so that they'll return again it's, 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 or is it just naturally the way you work yeah kind is normal I think so yeah yeah if you if you ask a band from the side of the world mm. you just don't want to have them uh, unload the van on their own yeah you just want to want to help you've been traveling for 24 hours mm -hmm. I think it's it's natural to offer a helping hand and to make it uh, as comfortable as possible for them uh, and I'm sure it uh, also helps with the performance mm. are relaxed and if you're welcome I'm sure they are uh, in a good shape on stage as well and yeah like even that 2017 uh, lineup was it was huge like it really was and you had a lot of bands from the states for example that came over that time how do you decide on bands and how do you pick a band to to come to the festival that's a pretty long process yeah we usually start out with the concept lineup mm -hmm. and maybe half of it stays in there yeah. the other half uh, is not available doesn't fit the doesn't fit the financial plan yeah um, yeah um, okay like obviously you decide you, you make a list of who you want yeah obviously there's bands always hitting you as well look with asking to come to the show i'm assuming is there yeah yeah some, so some of them are willing to come or or, or in yeah. the neighborhood uh, they are on tour and some of them and that's a that's a big one that's an interesting one do you, do you look into bands who are touring europe at the time and who are maybe touching near germany no, belgium no no we don't okay just asking the band and you'll see what they answer when you, right. you when you know they are touring it's too late yeah. yeah okay all right yeah yeah i get you but when you know they're touring they are playing more festival yeah and we don't want to be we don't want to be the same as all festival okay that all makes sense now yeah it does yeah and again how long does it take to pick the bands as you said it is a long process i'm imagining i mean are you thinking about it the minute one festival ends are you actually ha at work already at that yeah. stage there's uh, there are some bands um confirmed for 2024. go away 24 already yeah <laughs> you're now working for 24 as well wow i wait till i turn off the recording after i try and get those names off you <laughs> <laughs> But I see you're already dropping names. You've started dropping the names for 2023. The first um, five bands were lined up. Mm. How many bands have we? Is it 36 maybe around that? Would you have? In total? Yeah, about, for 23. About 50. 50 bands. Wow. Yeah, this year there were 51. 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up there somewhere. Be able to divide it in three. So 51. Uh, no one, there was one more in the Ah, okay, yeah. Why, do you actually have the list of bands, list of bands in front of you? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what it what a tease, huh? What a tease to have that in front of me. <laughs> uh, so like obviously there's not much convincing needed really, is there to a band when you approach them and ask them to play dunk because you know that they're probably involved in some way within the post scene, the post music scene, whether the heavy side or the ambient side, it doesn't matter. Never any issues trying to get a band on board? Have you had to push push? Definitely. There's yeah. Bands that we were never able to get. Yeah. Until this point. Okay. We're trying. Uh, there, there's bands we're, we're trying every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And works. Several. Several. Several bands. In, in other words, another one I'm interested in as well. How how do you decide and become who becomes the headliner? I don't think it's just as simple as I think they're the biggest band. I mean, is it the layout of the show over the course of it today, or is it because it's the band with the biggest support? I think I think most of the times there's a, a clear difference in um, fame, so to say. Mm-hmm. So we try to spread the the bigger names over different days, and then mm-hmm. depending on the size of of the band, we yeah. decide they last, or, or we decide to find mm-hmm. another one uh, right after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's a good. Um, it goes naturally, I think. Right? Most of the time. It's obvious. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But sometimes we we are close to completing the lineup. And then that one band we asked in the very beginning to headline the show, they um, confirm anyway. While we yeah. figured the lineup was as good as complete. Okay. Okay. Up and then you yeah. have a bigger name there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not an easy task like to, to manage fifty two bands to get fifty two bands, whether it be because you've had too many to begin with or you're struggling to find bands either way. It's a lot of bands to get together. Um, the, the, logist, the logistics of it all, like I mean I suppose this is more loose territory, like the, the most difficult part is to say a good band that he can't play. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't like that, uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but it never makes you want to quit anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> so that, that's sort of 2017, so where we're up around. Um, 2018 then, as the, your first vinyl was pressed in your own plant, your own, your own machines. Correct, yeah. Big day. Again, it's probably a huge investment, like, was it? Yeah, it was, actually. Um... We bought uh, just one machine, of course, to start with. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we built a plant. And we actually built the, the place. Yeah. I think we started building in uh, December. 17. December 2017. It was mm-hmm. in April. Um, then the machines got a bit delayed and we actually started in August. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One machine. One machine, yeah. yeah. And how many could have pressed just out of curiosity a, a day when you're working on it? 300, 400, maybe 500 on a long day. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's a long day. Yeah. And what about the sleeves and the, the covers and all these? Where do they all come from? Had you a local pressing plant to deal with? No, we have a professional supplier in Germany. They okay. focus on vinyl uh, printing uh, parts. So okay. They are the very best uh, we work with. And uh, I know they uh, supply a lot of uh, pressing plants in uh, Europe. Okay. It's a really, uh, it doesn't look that difficult, but uh, receiving a good quality cover, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. definitely gateful. 
It's yeah. Very, very hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't find one in, in Belgium. We've been looking at no. no. We've been looking. Okay. Since we tried a few mm -hmm. things, uh, but it's not. It's not easy. No. But again, even to get up and running, like as I said, that it probably was a big, a big investment, and a, mm -hmm. not. I won't say it was a gamble because you know you've obviously done your homework. Like you knew what was the demand was there. Like you know. I don't think it was a gamble at all because uh, we were our own first customer. So we had uh -huh. a label going, so we could at least press those. Uh, yeah. And then we needed just a few more to make it work. And But from the start, the, the, the interest was uh, huge. We really had to, uh, to stop uh, accepting certain types of customers uh, just to make sure we were able to offer the we did accept. Okay, so you were getting plenty of bands coming to you wanting to be on your label. Yeah, bands, uh, bands, and um, uh, labels and uh, brokers, and everyone was interested. Everyone was interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The start of the it was just before the the huge uh, amount of pressure on all pressing plants in the world. So um, people were very interested in a new pressing plant with an open order book. Yeah, of course, of course, there. Yeah, yeah, everyone wants wants a cut of the cake, don't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you weren't giving any away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we never had to go and find the orders. That's that, but that's that's fantastic news. That's great to hear. Like it really is. You know, it just shows. I suppose it shows the hard work and dedication that G lads are putting into this. Like you know, this mm -hmm. this doesn't happen overnight. Like any of it, whether it be the festival or the pressing plant. Like it's fucking hard work. Yeah, the no. pressing plan was actually the, the the most difficult part in running the label. There was to receive the vinyls in time, and the mm -hmm. we we asked for uh, because when you place an order, you have to describe what you need, and then um, it it arrives in three hundred or five hundred copies. And if it doesn't turn out as expected, you still yeah. have those copies there. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, a being able to. And just the colors on the go was a very big reason for uh, to start our own. Yeah. Okay. And of course, quality uh, guarantee, because that was that was not the case any longer with the other. No. Yeah. That's it. I suppose you're you're in control. You're you're in control of your own product here, which is a great thing to be able to have. Yeah. Right. And not, and not rely on somebody else to fucking throw out something on on the quick mm -hmm. to keep a customer happy. You know, you, like as you said, you're trying and testing your own product there. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely great. Like, so that 2018, obviously, we were rather making our way towards fucking COVID time, like, which was 2019. Mm -hmm. Luckily for the pressy plant, obviously, people were, what, purchasing? Yeah. <laughs> Online purchasing over the two-year period. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, think... it was a good time for Dunk Records? Uh, at the beginning, it was. But at mm. the end of the, the corona uh, crisis, uh, people stopped buying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so sales dropped uh, there. Um, for the plastic plant, I think we lost uh, one order. So for the plastic plant, there was not no difference. Uh, okay. Releasing music was the only thing uh, bands were still able to do. So we were still uh, up and running. Yeah. But actually, just out of curiosity, are you pressing records? For um, other people, not just for Dunk, you are. Yeah, yeah. Most of it is for other people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We now have uh, six machines. Uh, wow. So we press for uh, a lot of uh, different customers. Oh, brilliant! Very good. Mm -hmm. 
And again, I suppose the cost of everything has gone up in the last two years. The cost? The cost of fucking materials has, yeah. I would say, doubled at least anyway, has it? Same okay. everywhere. Cost of materials, time of delivery, that yeah. is a disaster. Uh, yeah. Some parts are getting better now, but other parts are getting more difficult. So it's always a matter of trying to find the fastest supplier and, of course, without uh, giving in on the quality. Uh, exactly. And, and again, trying to offset those costs, lads. I mean, the cost of buying a record f- from, from Dunk hasn't really changed much No, yeah. in the last few years. You know, maybe a euro or two. A few, yeah. But a few. compared to the cost of materials, like, I mean, are you taking a bit of a hit on it or are you... For the label, we are a bit more. Yeah. Um, don't think it should be priced. Uh, it could go up, but it's going to be less interesting for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. we try to, we just try to keep it as uh, cheap as possible. And, uh, yeah. As the okay. Um, we, cut, we cut out a lot of middlemen uh, because we press ourselves and we sell it to the fans right away, so directly to the fans, which is a okay. big advantage as well. So that's probably why we were able to keep it, uh, the price increase uh, a bit realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, around that time, then the festival, obviously there was no festival for two years. Is it two or three years? Two years, 2021. Mm-hmm. Had you a lot of money? Had you a lot of time invested into getting it up and running for those years? I mean, again, not a fucking... Another another kick in the teeth look for you, like wasn't it? Uh, we had a account um, for the 2021 edition, or yeah. the online edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we are still discussing if we can keep the funds. If we both have to pay it back, okay. we spend all the money, and then afterwards they came. Oh, you have to pay it back. That's not uh, not okay. Uh, that's a big discussion that's going on. We, okay. Um, we can keep it, otherwise we have a big problem. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is a big problem. Yeah. Let's not bring it down. You decided in 2022, lads, to bring it to Ghent. Hmm. Tell me the reasoning behind it. Was it how, what, what decided on it? There were several reasons. Uh, first of all, after two years, most of our volunteers uh, entered time another way than uh, working for Dunk that weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a free weekend. That's right. Most of them discovered that they can go um, on a journey or something like that. Okay. Um, so we were not sure if we had enough people to help. It's a long uh, time we have to build the festival. I, mm-hmm. I'm speaking about uh, two, three weeks to build up and at least one week to, to clean it up and uh, okay with the pressing plant with the label we had a lot of work and it was not possible of the people working for the pressing plant that were the volunteers of the festival mm-hmm. to spend all that time cleaning up afterwards yeah yeah if we, if we use them for three weeks maybe, um people have to wait three weeks longer for their records yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a major balancing act, isn't it? Trying to, yeah. trying to get it all to work. And we always made the choice to organize a festival we want to go to. Uh, yeah. The festival, like it is now, there's several stages. 
It's a festival I just want to go. It's what? Sorry, it's a festival you wanted. Yeah, that I like to go to a festival like that. Oh yeah. You don't have yeah. to care about the weather. You know, you don't have to care about. You have just place to sleep with. Mm-hmm. When band, it, uh, when you don't like a band, you can go to another stage. Um, yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, I suppose everybody who would have been at Dunk from the beginning, heading to the the, the forest, I suppose, had an affiliation with that and mm-hmm. became very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and thought that how can you change this? How can you actually talk? Mm-hmm. But having been at 2022's festival, I ha- I have to agree with you, Luke. I thought it was brilliant to be indoors, not having to worry about the weather and not having to worry about a tent being soaked through with rain or or a heat box from the sun, you know, whichever way it goes. When you run, you know, the, the weekend of the festival, it was raining uh, enormously. Yeah. There shouldn't be a forest that year. Mm-hmm. It was possible. Well, each time we had had, we have had uh, good weather. And yeah. But, there, there was going to be a time where it was going to be a washout, like yeah. in Belgium. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't well, don't ever bring it to Ireland anyway. That's all I'd say. Uh-huh. Don't bring that to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but not also not only that. I mean, the the technical support we get from the venue, the mm. logistical support. Uh, to start with everything is everything is already there. Yeah. There is a stage, yeah. There is an audio system. Everything is there. Uh, at the old place, there was there is nothing, no electricity, no water. Who hmm. was there? We need to do it every day. Yeah. A huge amount of work. Uh, and we built and a it, venue. And uh, yeah, we actually built yeah. a venue that more or less resembled an indoor venue. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tent had to be pitch black because of the light show we want to. Yeah. Work. So it was a lot of work uh, to make it look a bit indoor. Of course, the first stage was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there were uh, some regulation uh, issues uh, yeah. showing up, so yeah. it wouldn't be okay. to have it anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, the venue would get just uh, very yeah. comfortable. Or, or, yeah, so it was sort of an inevitable progression. So it was it was something that was going to happen eventually. Was it Luke that you would have had to take it out of where it was? Uh, we we talked with the Breton, Breton. You were very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about uh, possible collaboration. Okay, we were surprised. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect it. Yeah, they were very excited about it. Yeah, having that yeah. Mm-hmm. like it, that venue in in Ghent is, is is stunning, which makes it all all the sweeter, doesn't it? I mean. You know the architecture, hmm? the history behind it, and the history behind the city as a whole. You know it's a place where you can walk around, as you said, you have food, you have restaurants everywhere. Yeah, right. It make it makes it a, a much more comfortable experience. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. As, and, and yeah. So much more um, possibilities. Yes. With other um, locations, uh, working through museums, uh, collaborate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, Possible in uh, the other there yeah, on, on, on the limits, yeah. We mm. do something more. No, we can. 2023, then, lads. I mean, it's it's underway. It's not far off. It's only four, Jesus, four or five months away, which is which is mad. Mm. Are you as excited about this one as you have been with everything that's gone before? Definitely, yeah. You should see the lineup, man. 
I can't wait to see that. I'm just asking questions. I'm hoping to get to it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's gonna be really nice, uh, and it's cool to, to work on the previous edition now because we had we already had one. Yeah. Now improve uh, a little bit, like we we're doing for years now. Always improving a little bit here and there. Uh, it's really fun to be able to do it now, uh, knowing what we already uh, were able to offer. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit better again. I mean, even your learnings from 2022, obviously you're going to bring into 2023, right? But yeah. for a first year at a, a new venue, for it, for the audience anyway, it, it just flowed very naturally. There was nobody had a complaint. There was no reason to complain. Mm-hmm. Was it the same behind the scenes? Was it as camp? Yeah, it was perfect. Just yeah. Perfect. What we missed was uh, a, a meeting point. It was okay. We we want um, a cafe into the festival. Okay. That was a problem for me. That was you you couldn't have a drink after the shows. Yes. You talk with the people. That was uh, not okay. Yeah. We are working yeah. on that. You're working on you're working on it. Yeah. Okay, you're not going to say any more there, no? Oh, you're right. Well, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be... there will be a cafe. <laughs> no, it's uh, of course we need to um, to talk to the venue as well, uh, yeah, ever as possible uh, logistically. Uh, but they agree with us, and that's a good uh-huh. thing, right? And, and has the has the city embraced Dunk? Has Ghent embraced Dunk? Do you think? Did it make an impact on the city? Did people talk about it? Are they? I think so. No, I think no, so. Think so. It's, it's not big enough to make that much of a ripple in such a big city. Yeah, I think so. No. Mm. Maybe mm. soon as well. Yeah. Maybe after a few years. Can... Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah. But... Um. Now, tell me attendance numbers. Always, you've always kept this, well, since 17 anyway, around sort of the 800, 900, 1000 mark. Mm-hmm. Was that basically out of comfort for the audience? and size of the venues could you have sold more tickets in the old place yes that was the maximum yeah the the restaurant area was uh at its uh, maximum mm. okay so the catering team uh, the mm. bar team i think that was practical yeah amount of and what about the new venue i mean have you uh, uh, an audience limit number yeah but we never reached that Okay, it, it's more than able to accommodate. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to have 10,000 people. No. When no. We have one time, it was very happy. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have one time. That, that was the problem. It was about uh, seven or eight hundred. Last year, seven to eight hundred. Seven or eight hundred, something like that. And this year, the, the early bird tickets sold out within hours. Hmm. Uh, I have mine and that's the main thing, but is, is that is that an indication of where it's going, that the, there is definitely more of a demand again this year, do you think, from last year? Ready? Again, I, I, I would think it's word of mouth. It gets out there, you know, people hear about it. I would, I would like to believe that we're going to sell more tickets now. Mm-hmm. So the venue also thinks that mm-hmm. um, well, we we'll just see. Yeah. We try our best, we are going to promote it and we're going to offer a wonderful lineup and uh, we hope it's gonna bring more people to mm-hmm. Ghent but you never know in advance yeah they compare us with uh, Desert Fest and Desert Fest uh, last year 
was also about uh, seven or eight hundred tickets in the year. Uh, yeah, thousand four hundred. Okay, okay. I don't. Know, maybe it took time for people to come back to festivals after COVID. I don't know. Is it? I think this is maybe a lot better. Were people a bit wary about getting back into crowds last year? Might have been have had something to do with it. I don't know. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I can't wait for next year. Uh, as I say, once we turn off the record button, I might ask one or two questions. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I suppose before I go, I used to always ask my my uh, guests three questions, but they'd normally be playing music related related to playing on stage. But I'm after twisting the questions a small bit just to cater for your for you two, if you don't mind. I want to ask you if you could have any band as a headline act, past or present, to stand on the dunk stage, who would it be? Money's no object, no nothing. If you could have any band in the world, for me, uh, an early Mogwai, an early Sigurus. Uh, oh, nice. so I uh, discovered the post rock those bands. Okay, so you'd love to have one of them back. No, well, um, always <laughs> oh, Sorry, I rephrase that question: Is one of them coming back? No. <laughs> Not too bad, but, I think so. Okay. Vote, what do you think? Well, I would actually also vote for uh, Mogwai, yeah. Okay. That's really one of the biggest in, uh, in the scene, Sally. And All right. also for me, like, mm-hmm. one of the earliest, uh, together with, uh, with Godspeed. Yeah. And they've lasted the test of time, haven't they? They're, they're around a long time now, and they're still producing great albums, mm-hmm. yeah. which is testament to them. The second question, guys, if you could press any album as a dunk press, Again, an album from the past or a band in the future. Who would you like to see with the dunk tag on the back of the album? As a label, you mean? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, well, for me, it was nice to be involved in uh, the Amanara record, uh, the live album. So oh, yes. That was yeah. really, uh, really big for us. That was something special, yeah, it was. But I, I'm, I'm really honored to have uh, we lost to see in our catalog. They're an amazing band, they have amazing music. Um, their packages are always spot on. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I have to say a lot of those bands that I would like to have on the label are already on there. Okay, that's good to hear. So I, I feel a bit bad because of pointing out this one or two bands on the label now because I really like all of them. I get that. Well, sure. Look, you're only going to get bands on the label that you like anyway. So yeah, right. be... I would assume <laughs> yeah, so I you're in a comfortable position where you can pick and choose bands, which is a great position to be in. <laughs> Luke, what about yourself? If you would like to see a band on the Dunk label? Oh, maybe uh, Kokomo, because uh, I'm grateful that they started it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's like he, he says, all the bands are so good. Yeah, yeah. It's more the biggest. I like okay. it. So I suppose two of you are have your finger on the pulse now, lads. So 2023, give me a band to look out for. The name of a band to look out for. Not necessarily on the lineup or? Oh, no, just so something that, something you may be pressing later on next year that we should be keeping an eye on. Uh, Brutus. Okay, yes. But they actually released the album yet, so I'm not sure if that counts for next year, but they're doing a lot next year. Yeah. yeah. Pulled out most of it. Most of it. It's a really, it's a wonderful album. Uh, it is a wonderful album, yeah. Yeah, we pressed it, so I've listened to it a lot. Uh, Actually, the, the Belgian scene is flying, isn't it? For post-music. Yep. It's in a good place. You could say so, yeah. 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 
very nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, does that count as uh, next year? That's, that's, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take it. We'll take that answer. What about you, Luke? Any anyone you want to well, give a shout out for next year who are going to be releasing something that you're looking forward to? Not really uh, one specific band. Uh, no. No. I'm I'm uh, surprised of the evolution of Hurricane. They are going uh, pretty fun. Uh, they got it. They, it's an incredible album. Yeah. As you can see, it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic record. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, guys, what can I say? Look, I really want to thank you for coming on here to the show, you know. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, it was really fun, yeah. Like, Dunk, as I said to you before, like, Dunk, Dunk means an awful lot to me and anyone I ever meet and I discuss music to so many people. The word Dunk just drops in every conversation. It's just a natural thing, whether it's records, whether it's the festival or just, just music in general. It's always a great talking point and it's always something to, to bring up, you know, so... For that reason, I want to thank you both for coming on, lads, because you're the founding members of this. You made all this happen. Um, and I think you... It's thanks to you that we can do this. Thanks to yeah. you. Well, I'm only doing it by small bit. Yeah. <laughs> we need you to do this. <laughs> exactly. But we'd all work together on it, so... so yeah. Luke, Wout, thanks so much, guys, for coming on the show. Thank and, you. And uh, I hope to see you in 2023. I will see you in 2023. Yes. At, at the next festival, and we can have a beer and have a chat. Great idea. Um, so there you go, guys. They're the, the lads from Dunk, Luke and Wout, Livens. What can I say? If you haven't got a ticket and you have any interest in post music of any kind and you want to take a trip to a beautiful city, um, Dunk 2023 has to be one for you. That's it, lads. Thanks to um, Richie from The Metal Cell, who always edits and produces the show. And this is probably the last show for 2022, so I'll catch you all in 23. Take care.